welcome to this episode of Idea Farm. My name is Benjamin Light, and my co-host, as always, is Mr. Kel Simpson. And on this week's episode, we catch up with uh, some of our summer fun and about some of the things we've been listening and reading and watching uh, and kind of uh, different ideas that fall out of that. We talk briefly about um, the YouTube banning of Mr. Jordan Peterson, and that kind of goes into this um, idea that Kel is trying to hash out with this idea of loving everybody and not being pro-everything. Um, so kind of going through that thought exercise as to you know, what we believe and, and where we stand on stuff and being able to talk about things. Because if we're not able to talk about things, um, that's when things can fester. Um, we also kind of get into political correctness and our role in it and our ability to coexist within it. Um, touch very briefly on North Korea, just since Cal lives over there. Uh, not in North Korea, but around that area. And uh, we then kind of get into this idea about how broccoli just, you know, doesn't cut it sometimes. Uh, a new thing we're trying over on the website is a newsletter. So if you go over to Idea Farm, uh, dot education you can sign up for our newsletter and in it you will receive three recommendations a book an article and a video probably something we've talked about briefly on the show maybe not uh, and some reasons why you would use that and then um, we're trying some other video series out called idea minute where we take a piece of research or an idea and try and break it down quickly uh, and tell you why you should care about it and why you should use it so um Enjoy the show, and oh, as always, if you want to go over and give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher, we'd greatly appreciate it. And the music you're hearing this week is a song called Spheres, and it's by a musician, and I'm going to go Spanish pronunciation here, Robero, uh, so if it's Robero, my apologies. Here we go. So India, Vietnam. Yeah, it was mind blowing. Awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was, but it's hard. To, I haven't even. I, I, I've been on a couple of these trips before where I just can't really. It's hard to process it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would imagine so. But it was really, it was really awesome. I mean, that's yeah. like the most cheap way of it. It was incredible. It was awesome. But it, <laughs> It was though. It was uh, especially in, like Vietnam was was really really cool. Um, it's 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 odd. Like India is so extreme that even though I was in some very remote places in Vietnam with like uh, like hill tribes and things like that, mm. it seems kind of it was it seemed relaxing and almost like vacation compared to um, to India. Mm. I would say Vietnam is at least you know in this particular trip that I took is more easily likable. Um, like India to me seemed like a journey more than a vacation. You know, it was just a really, I mean, it was the places that I were in, I was in were, were very different, all of them. Um, but like the kind of the end of that trip, I was in Varanasi, which is, uh, kind of typically known as like the place where they burn bodies on the Ganges mm -hmm. and that place, a friend, a lady that I work with is from there. Okay. Right. So, yeah. So I met, you know, we had kind of someone show us around a bit, but it was, 
wow, just a fascinating place. Like everything that you can, all the good and bad of humanity distilled down into one city. Huh. Man. So that just must have been, yeah, that's going to take years to process, I would imagine. Yeah, I think so. It was, uh, it's good. Though. It also made me, um, it made me happy to get back to Korea. Um, yeah. Well, to get back to what I call home now, you know, just mm. whatever the nest is. Gotcha. Really excited. Like, I was, I'm so grateful to be a teacher, man. Like, I'm definitely uh, not, not dreading going back. Like, we've been, we've been at work this week, but, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never, I never feel like, oh, man, the summer's coming to an end. I'm always like, wow, that was a great summer. It's time to get back to it now, you know? Yeah. No, that's, is, a, that's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, when it stops being that way, I'll quit doing it for sure. Yeah. But that's, uh, I was reading this um, Google book, like work rules. It's about the their HR guy and how Google does like different things than most companies do. Mm-hmm. Um, how they treat their employees, and they were talking about people's jobs and and people view their jobs as one of three ways. And it was uh, it's something that they have to have. It's just a job, so you know mm-hmm. it pays the bills and everything. And then uh, it's a competition, so they're in it to like you know pr- get promoted and move up and make more money um, or a calling. And, and they mm-hmm. said the research they did was across pretty much any career field. It's a third, a third, a third, mostly. It's like any career uh-huh. field you're in, a third of them thinks it's a job, a third of them is in it for competition, a third of it is a calling. And then, and then I was thinking like teaching has got to be one of the worst professions to be in if it's not a calling. <laughs> yeah. Like if, like if you're just in it to, as a job or to compete, man, like that's brutal. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you see those people for sure. They're very jaded. But yeah, mm. <laughs> and I probably shift between that. I mean, I'm not saying I've never oh, yeah. really. I don't. I've never dreaded going to work. I don't think uh, that mm. was. I knew pretty early on I was going to like it because I was just giving it a shot. You know, when I was like 24, 25, when I started teaching, I didn't know if I was going to like it. But I never dreaded going mm. to work, and I was like, oh, that's good because as a as a waiter, I would hate going. I mean, I. <laughs> I hated going. I would dread going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've never really, and, and here at the end of the summer, like I'm happy to go back again. Like it's always, but it's cool. Though. I mean, I found, I guess you find a, uh, something that, especially if you can teach a subject that you're interested in, which I like all the stuff that I just am into anyway, the, the stuff I watch mm-hmm. on YouTube and the books I read, I've teach a subject where I can just one way or another talk about that, you know? Right. It's pretty good. For that. If I were trying to teach math or something, it would be different, obviously. Well, yeah, yeah, it'd be a different thing. It'd be a different thing, and yeah, I'm sure everyone kind of floats in and out. I mean, nothing's ever you know constant or concrete or anything. Exactly. Life is fluid, much like the Gan- Ganges, are, right? That's yeah. Um, you went to Mexico, didn't you? No, we didn't. Was that the plan, though? Originally, <laughs> it was the plan, but uh, my step in order to leave Colombia, you have to have permission from both parents. Uh huh. And my stepdaughter's father forgot, so to sign, get the permission. So we we're going in October. So not a big All deal. Right. Yeah. yeah, not a big deal. Anything eventful happen while you were in Colombia over the summer? Uh, a bunch of. I mean, like you know, just little stuff. It was a great summer. It was one of my most relaxing summers because just we didn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. So it was just kind of hanging out and uh, hanging out with kids and just uh, we bought a playground for the kids. For Amelia's birthday, so um, she was. They were all excited, and they've been loving that. It has like a couple swings and seesaw and uh, slide and stuff. Um, so that was cool. And then uh, I uh, I rescued a bat from their room and had to get that outside. So that was 
I have more experience with wildlife now and, and, and doing that thing. So that feels good. Um, I'm like an expert at doing birds now. I, I've done, I, I, I just, there was one the, the other day. I just came down and grabbed it and then took it out the window. It was, it was pretty great. It's, that's been something <laughs> I've learned. <laughs> and then, uh, I was trying to think of anything else like big that happened, but I don't think it was just a nice, you know, uh, loving family summer. It was just very fun. And, uh, we got into a good groove and, you know, after the kids got went to bed, we do board games and just have a good old time. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it was, it was great. God, I'm looking forward to that again. Like that it's been so long since I've had a summer where I didn't travel somewhere. And actually you, a lot of times you end up being tired at the end of what should be a restful period. I don't feel that way right now. I mean, I feel even though I traveled, we tried to take it slow, but nonetheless, it's not the same as staying home and just, having a rhythm, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you do India first and then Vietnam or I can't remember what the order Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that, that, that helped out then with yeah. the feeling of, of relaxedness. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So you said you were with a tribe or something when Vietnam or? Yeah, like they, um, they're called hill tribes, but, uh, they're across, uh, we saw some in Thailand as well. We were there in December, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, they, they're agricultural people, but they still wear, like, traditional dress, and right. I think most of them have, like, animist beliefs. Mm. Um, just really incredible. It was It's called the Haijiang province, and it was okay. it's the extreme north. It's the most northern part of Vietnam, and it's on the border with China. And uh, it's very mountainous as well, like huge canyons and soaring peaks, but it's all green, you know, and um, mm. really just, uh, it, it's just so nice, because I love it. Anything that faintly reminds me of Colombia, I love it. Like, I liked Colombia tremendously. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I was happy there. Like, yeah. I loved my life in Colombia. Like, as far as, you know, everybody just finds their own group. But for me, it was having a motorcycle and just driving around. Like, I, just little things like that. So, <laughs> right. uh, that's basically what I've tried to recreate whenever I can in Asia is finding places that are where I can rent a motorcycle and, and travel mm -hmm. through mountains. And so, that's what I was doing up there. And, of course, Angela was with me. And, we just went into some places, you know, the scenery was incredible, but then we would go into places that were very remote, but they might have a place or two where you could stay like a, you know, like a hostel type thing. Okay. Something, I mean, it's not, it would be like, um, sometimes it would just be like a house where they let you stay like a family. Gotcha. But the, but the, arc, the, 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 the style of housing there is such that it's like a big open room and there might be several people sleeping on the floor, like in a big oh, okay. area, you know? Yeah. And the people are just incredibly friendly. It's just, you know, it's like stepping back in time some ways. It's, it's always great to see something that hasn't been homogenized, you know? Of course. Yeah. And then you said that what kind of beliefs do they have? I, I think they're animists. And what is that? Uh, well, as I understand it, it's just like, you know, you believe that the tree has a spirit and the river has a spirit. Oh, all right. Basically what I think it's, if I understand correctly, it's what all humans were before organized religion, you know, that kind of the okay. original beliefs, yeah. Yeah. Before we desensitize ourselves and are able to murder in the environment. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got to send you. I got to send you a video. I was just watching, too. <laughs> Have I told you about this guy, Alan Watts, I've been listening to recently? You, you've talked to him about a few, a few times because he does, like, the Buddhism stuff. Like, yeah. Talks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just found another one of his yesterday. It was, uh -huh. Man, it was great. Just him talking about how there's no way for us to fix our ecological problem until we fix our thinking problem, you know? Ah, uh, Okay. I don't know. Is he a philosopher? Yeah, I would say so. I don't know if that's his title, but he certainly hmm. is. Maybe a, poly, a polymath? 
Have you heard that? That's someone who's skilled in many areas? What? Many areas, yeah. That's what we used to be. Yeah. That's what we, what, what we used to aim for. So uh-huh. Until organized education came along. Then I think that, that got rid of that. Is that, what are we talking, like mid-1800s? Yeah, I think so. Well, let me back that up. I don't think everybody was a polymath. I think probably the upper class or whatever were polymaths. Wasn't that kind of the... I don't know if this is true. I got this off of, this is so weird that I remember this from years. I got that off of this idea off of home improvement. We were <laughs> nice. out talking to the guy behind the wall. Yes. Wilson, yeah. Wilson. And I remember Wilson saying that a Renaissance man was one that was skilled in many, many different areas. I don't yeah. know if that's true. Yeah, yeah I, I think I probably heard the same thing from him. So I believe it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> if it's not true, I don't want to know. Polymath, that's what that is. Yeah, polymath, polymath. Um, have when you were talking about that tribe in Vietnam, we were listening to this podcast, um, Invisibilia on um, on emotions or whatever, mm-hmm. and how like they're not. We experience. Maybe I talked to you about this before with the vision and everything, and like how if you we we, we experience uh, emotions differently. Like not everyone feels love the same way. Not everyone feels sadness the same way. It all is based on you know, our life experiences and then how those have been defined for us. Um, And then, um, but there was a tribe, ah, I don't know if it was in Vietnam or not. It was in somewhere in Asia, maybe Philippines. Maybe that makes more sense. They had an emotion that this anthropologist had never seen before. And it was uh, when something tragic had happened, they would um, almost as a, as a tribe, it would pass amongst them. And I can't remember what the name was. So I apologize for that. Um, but it was like this energy and then they, that was kind of how they dealt with grief was this, this energy and then they would wail and then, um, and it would just kind of, or, and the only way they would, they could stop it, at least how they grew up or how the, the tribe kind of came along was to cut off a human head. What? Yeah. That, and that made it end. Oh, so no, that was, and there it was literally passing and then you had to slice a head off so it wouldn't and then, and then when the when the whole because it was contagious so when the whole tribe had it they had to do something to get rid of it and the whole, and then the thing that worked was cutting off a human head so they would go to a different tribe find someone and cut their head off oh man that's unfortunate <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah exactly but then but then you see that that's like that and then this guy later it's an interesting thing but his wife dies tragically and years later he experiences this feeling and uh, and so he would have to find. He didn't cut anybody's head off, <laughs> but but uh, he would pull over the car and just wail. And he would have to like. He said it felt like lightning that was inside his body, and that he would just have to kind of make this moaning kind of sound for thirty minutes, and then he would drive back home. Um, but he said he thought it was a he thought it was a much better way to deal with grief than what we do. Like because it was you actually turn grief into like this physical thing that you were doing instead uh-huh. of just having it happen to you kind of thing uh-huh. Uh-huh. so so it was, it was pretty fascinating that just how do we how does how do we deal with it typically uh i think most people ignore it for a while <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe you you know you get sad about it and stuff instead of i don't know i don't know i don't know how like, there's the seven stages right the acceptance is the last one so. okay the only, the only problem with the, with that tribal system is that it's never ending them because then the next tribe feels grief and then they got to go find Well, yeah, exactly. So there's the cat. <laughs> you should hopefully find some, some other way to not not cut a head off. I wonder why, uh, I wonder if something similar to that is why we used to do animal sacrifice. 
mm. as a species, I'm saying, you know, yeah. that's pretty common and more than just, is it, is it, I don't know if that's true or not. Does that manifest in different religions around the world? I, I mean, I think the Aztecs were doing that, right? I would imagine. And then obviously in the, like the Judeo Christian uh, origins, they were sacrificing things. Yeah. Yeah. We like a good sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that'd be interesting because that, that maybe that's why we did it and then we lost that feeling kind of like mm. or emotion, that emotion. Mm. That's just interesting that there's emotions in the world that we don't know about. Crazy. Yeah, that's pretty, that's really interesting actually. I wonder what else, I wonder what there is that I don't know about. Like, yeah. was, does this book deal with that? Like, does it talk about the different emotions? I'm sure his, uh, I mean, the pod, the, the, it, they're kind of doing a, um, the way they call it a, a compilation album for their season. And so all, every episode is going to go around how like this different way to look at emotions and how, um, you know, like what's really happening to us and how mm -hmm. we may have had it. We may have it wrong kind of thing. So this is kind of different way to look at things. Um, so it's been pretty interesting. How, how sure. we might have what wrong, like our interpretation of an emotion or what? Oh yeah. I'm trying to remember them. Like, and does things happen to us? Oh, I'm trying to remember this poor guy, this poor trucker. Um, this family kind of drove into him and he wound up killing this like three-year-old girl. And like he saw her dead body and stuff and it just destroyed him. And like, um, and he couldn't get back to, to his normal life just because he kept obsessing over the girl dying and then his ability because his belief set was that he is a man and he should be in control. And so because that was his belief set and then you had this thing come in that was out of control, he still blamed himself thinking that he should have been able to do something. And so like it, it totally ruined his life for a long time. So he wound up suing the family of the kid that died, which is just, I mean, like, that's just incredible. It was a really tragic story. Um, but man, I'm trying to think like the pun. I, I think I'm forgetting the punchline, uh, yeah. which is awful. Um, but it, it just turns out that it's like those feelings were always there within him. And it wasn't really some, Oh, this is awful. I, I can't remember. That's just, all right. I'm, make, I'm making things awful. I wasn't prepared. I should have. No, it's okay. <laughs> no, See, that's what happens when you when you drive and listen to stuff you only get like five percent five percent of it and then you just talk about stuff i shouldn't have even brought it up <laughs> hey guess what i just heard like i think i heard it uh, this week or last week um youtube banned jordan yes Peterson. yes they did isn't that crazy god i just i find it fascinating that they people are turning him into some like right wing zealot nut kind of thing. Well, I think what's terrifying is the left is becoming fascist like. Like, you, yes. it's not a diversity of opinion, it's our opinion no. or fuck you. Yeah, did you see the, the whole memo thing? Did you see that? No. no. So, they had an engineer um, post on their forum this kind of 3,000 word diatribe saying that um, the reason there weren't enough women in like the, the technology industry is because they're women and that there's genetic differences and kind of this. I heard this. I, didn't, I, thought, I thought this. Was, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I don't know. Oh, sorry. Details. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and so they fired him. Uh huh. Like it wasn't, wasn't like, let's talk and let's, you know, we disagree and let's, you know, argue respectfully and learn from one, one another. It was just like, you're yeah. gone because you, you broke company policy. Right. So it's really, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, 
it's getting, yeah, pretty, pretty aren't interesting. There, where you, you, yeah. Aren't there ISIS videos on YouTube? I would imagine, yeah. But see, then that so, wouldn't, so, you wouldn't be culturally sensitive probably. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm like, get out of here, man. Like I was talking, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. I was, I was talking with some coworkers today and then also talking with Angela, like we, we don't want to offend anyone and yeah. we want to be pro everything and you can't, some things are, that doesn't mean you can't love everybody, but if we're talking about ideologies, you, it's hard to be all these things at once. And I'll give yeah. you an example. Like, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not saying that I know these are questions that I have. This is what I was telling my coworkers because, um, I'm always, you know, I'm always terrified not to be politically correct, but you have to feel safe enough to be able to ask a question. If you're going to educate me, you got to let me, you have to let me ask you these things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but for example, we were talking about the, she, the, uh, my coworker said something about cisgender. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And she's like, well, it just means it's more or less the opposite of transgender. In other words, your anatomy matches your conception of your gender. In other words, what we would more or less consider traditional, I suppose. Okay. I guess. I mean, that's my interpretation of it. Right. Uh -huh. And so we were talking and, um, but we were talking about feminism, right? Because uh, it seems odd that, I'm not saying that it, they can't exist together, but it seems um, odd to be feminist, but then say that a person who is a biological male but identifies as female can be truly female. Uh -huh. um, and, and I'll give you a couple of reasons why we were saying this. And we weren't saying that you can't, it was just questions that I had, right? Right. But one is, well, I, here, here's how I started it. If I identify as a black man, <laughs> do you think that would offend people? I would imagine so, but I, I, I would I would have to believe that in the politically correct culture of the U.S., if I said that I am a black man, no mm. one would take me seriously, and rightfully, I would. There's no way that I could really understand what it's like to be a black man. Right. I mean, all the history. And right. even what's going on currently, there's no way, right? No. So in a no. similar context, how can, if I'm a feminist, how could I say that this man can really understand what it's like to be a female when they've never gone through any of the humiliation that a woman's gone through or had to go through a menstrual cycle or been right. embarrassed about being 13 and having their period and people make fun of them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or being leered at by men. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, th and then a similar example that I was giving was, again, just talking about uh, being feminist, but at the same time, I don't know what the, I don't know that there's a term. I'm not saying being anti-gender rights. I'm, mm -hmm. I don't I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just talking about this. I don't have I don't have a, a label for it. Is what I mean. Okay. Right. Yeah. But um, equally, if I were a black, if I me kill this this white boy mm -hmm. from South Carolina, if I were to say that I identify as a black male, and then I began to act out the most offensive stereotypes of what I think a black male is, right? How would that be received in the politically correct culture? Yeah, I, I don't think it would go over well. But if I say that I, if I identify as a female and then I put on high heels and a skirt and act super, my concept of what a, a stereotypical female is, mm -hmm. how is that not offensive? Especially if you're a feminist, I'm saying. Yeah, no, yeah, that, uh, I don't know. And what did the, did they have thoughts on that or? Yeah, well, we were both just like, I mean, everybody wants to be politically correct. We don't want to be in, I think the bigger concern is you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You want to love everybody, but these are still right. questions. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, but like if we, if we don't ever talk about it, then you don't really love the person, 
right? Because it's sure. through it's through understanding and kind of trying to tackle what you what you believe and understand is how you truly love that that person. Yeah. Kind of thing. So if you never kind of grapple with this stuff and you just accept what everybody else tells you to accept, then I I think that's what causes all the animosity and the and the hate mm-hmm. and the and they're like, no, I don't want to accept this, so I'm going to pretend to accept it, but in my heart, mm-hmm. I'm I don't. So and I will mm-hmm. I will do everything I can under the radar to show how displeased I am with, mm. with things. And that was this thing on uh, this invisibilia thing again. I do remember this part, so I will say this. <laughs> this guy was talking about racism, a black man from, um, I can't remember where he was, but he went to England and he said he couldn't figure out what was different. Like he felt weird, like something was off. And so what he had noticed was when, what he realized was when he went to restaurants, uh, the, the maitre d' and the waiter and he was with a white friend. Uh, they treated him with complete equality, and he had never run into that before. Uh huh. Because, like in the states, there's always some sort of power thing. So if he was with a white person, then the waiter would just look at the white person and talk to them, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was just like he couldn't believe it. And so he's a preacher, and he tried to kind of bring that back and um, and start some some programs to try and help people out and kind of because they were talking about like racism and stuff is a learned thing. Like you can you can unlearn it. Um, mm-hmm. you just, because, you know, we're not born that way. Like you, you don't right. you're not born with, with, with hate and these beliefs mm-hmm. in your, in your heart, you learn that stuff. And so if mm-hmm. you're able to learn it, you are able to unlearn it, but it's super, super hard. Like unlearning is one of the hardest things you can do. Um, so yeah, no, I'd really recommend it. it's a interesting series on just all these kind of different things. And, and, uh, if you detect when something happens and you reflect on why it's happening, like, where does that where does your stereotype come from? Like, mm-hmm. why, why do you see someone doing something or looking some way and think, oh, that's he is or she is that? And then what happens is because we're so great at confirming our own bias, we don't even find out if we're right or not. <laughs> but, but we mm-hmm. feel better. We're, we think we're right, and that's enough. And yeah. so it just confirms yeah. that bias. And so it's it's really interesting. Um, just kind of where our beliefs and our, our prejudices come from. And mm-hmm. um, so it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a, but then again, it's also weird to, it's weird how separated we've just made ourselves just through history. It's just like, we are different, you know, I'm my, part of my group and you're part of your group and we're all kind of different instead of just mm-hmm. kind of looking at each other as humans mm-hmm. and, and trying to figure all this shit out. I just had this crazy idea pop in, the, I, I, I'll share this with you, see what you think about this. I think our ego is a stereotype. And I don't mean just like okay. racial and cultural. I mean that what you call Ben and what I call Pill and everybody else who has a name that's, you know, like a label for their ego. Uh-huh. You perceive yourself as a stereotype because you only hold on to certain aspects of who you are. You don't hold the mm. whole picture. Yeah. You know what I'm okay. saying? Yeah. Res- that uh, respect- so that idea of stereotyping is so deeply programmed. Even our identity is a stereotype of, you know, we have a massive spectrum of behaviors, but what I call Pill whatever I've created this idea of myself that I only mm-hmm. identify certain things as yeah. what I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know that's, I think that's a hundred percent true. <clears throat> Cause that's what, that's why the, that post post stress happens disorder is cause, cause you, you know that you are Kel and then you go to war and you do things that Kel would never have done. And it's really mm. hard. It's really hard to keep those two ideas in your head and that, ah. that causes complete stress. And so mm-hmm. your brain just can't your brain can't handle it because you're like I am this really nice person from Iowa that 
you know, has never done anything wrong. And then I went over there and I did just awful, awful things. So it's really yeah. hard to kind of keep those two concepts in your head. So I think that, that that's, yeah, we don't know ourselves, you know, mm. you know, on a, or what we're capable of. <laughs> and I don't even know, like going back to like the idea of like, <clears throat> Is transracial? Is transracial? Is that even an idea? Like transgender? I'm not, I probably is. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. And I don't know what I think either. I mean, like, um, I just I don't know. Like, because uh, I do think that gender is, in many ways, a, a, a social construct, right? Like, I mean, yeah. What uh, what a man means is mm -hmm. different. You know, some things overlap for culture, but it's different by culture too. Like, yeah. <clears throat> but there are some biological differences, aren't there? Like with the hormones and everything and how that affects you and how you behave. But I, see, I don't even know, really. I would say so, yeah. I mean, I always hear, like, when yeah. I've heard those Jordan Peterson podcasts, I just, I didn't know if they meant anatomy or if they meant, like, um, like uh, what would you call it? Like biochemically? Is that what hormones are? Right, biochemically. Yeah, biochemically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say about that, but... Um, I don't know. I feel like I need to talk to it. I need I need a person who's transgender that is comfortable enough to talk about it. And yeah. Well, I think from what that Jordan Peterson, he would always talk about um, how people who are transgender is aren't really part of this movement. Like they're, you know, I think they. Again, I don't know. Really, I haven't done any investigating, but I, I wonder if that's how accurate that is. Mm -hmm. How they're they're more like you know, I'm just do, dealing with my life, and I just want to, I kind of want to do my thing, and, and kind of mm -hmm. understanding who I am, and mm -hmm. kind of move forward instead mm -hmm. of getting all behind what uh, what's happening, kind of uh, socially. Kind yeah. of yeah, it's it it's so interesting. This other idea too, like just I'm kind of playing back with the feminism idea, and I guess I'm saying feminism yeah. because people. We, we have an obsession with being politically correct, you know, and we don't want, again, that's what I'm saying, we don't want to offend anyone, so we want to be everything. I want to be pro-everybody. And I, in, in saying that, I'm not saying that we should be anti-anyone. I'm not saying that, but yeah. um, if you had, like, ideology, I don't know if feminism is an ideology. What did you say? I don't think, I don't know if that's the right terminology, but... Um, I think it depends on how you, you, I think you can turn anything into an ideology. Ideology, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but like one thing that my friend was saying at work was that she, who she identifies as a very strong feminist, you know, and, uh -huh. and, uh, she was saying that what she thought that she was fighting for for years was to broaden what it meant to be female. Like you could be anything, a woman can mm -hmm. be anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but it seems now if you go too far, like, I guess what I'm trying to, I guess what I'm trying to express is that if you become so masculine now, you're supposed to just transition and say, well, I'm a man, I'm not a female. When she said uh, that the idea would have been, no, I am a female. I can just, this is female also. This can also be feminine, right. you know? Huh. And so is she kind of constructing this idea that if you go too far, then society is now telling you that you should just become a man kind of thing. Is that what you were? I think that's, if I understood her, I think that's what she was saying. Yeah. Huh. Um, but I mean, I think we're all just trying to understand like, you know, yeah. That's, that's what like that's, that's the scary thing that I've got and it seems like there's there's a culture beginning that if you even I mean I've seen it from kids that I've taught previously in South Carolina and when mm. people are on I've seen their responses to uh, other members that are talking to them like on Facebook and they're just like completely mm. uh, uh, militant and like not compassionate in any way they just say you're stupid and, and like in my judgment of the comments that were going on in this particular conversation it didn't seem like the person that they were calling stupid was trying to be 
hateful or disrespectful or anything. They mm -hmm. were trying to understand, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's also easier to just call someone stupid when you yourself can't explain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or you, have, well, you know, and I, don't, I don't know if that's what happened, but I know that that certainly would be an easy way to just move on from it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I always go back to that, that Bertrand Russell article about, or his thoughts about, like, if, if you get angry, like, rethink your argument, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you get that upset about something towards someone, like, you know, really deeply look at what you believe in and, and why you think that way, because it, it mm. could be an indicator that you really haven't thought things through, that you're just following you know, the herd and you're just, you know, you haven't really thought about things. So that's, I just, I don't, I don't get not talking to people about stuff. I've never, yeah. I really, there's so many things like the humans do that. I just, uh, I don't know if I'm going to sound like a, I don't know what now, but like the just complicated, I just, I don't understand it. Like I don't understand giving people crap over their past. I've never understood that. I've never understood why you would judge somebody, but for what they did, I was like, you're just, you have no idea of that person's life and what they did. And if you were in the same situation, you would do the same thing. Like, well, how on earth could you possibly like when you're dating someone, you find out they slept with someone, you're like, Oh, how could you do that? Well, what, what are you talking? About? What are you talking about? How could you possibly be upset about They betrayed that? you betrayed me five years before I knew you. <laughs> right. That's how not, could you never. I've never understood that. Ever. And then like people get all nervous and they don't want to tell people things because it's like it's just judgment and everything. It's just uh, I don't Yeah. Know. Well it takes courage to have these conversations. It's easier to not, you know. Yeah. I mean well, yeah, I'm would, totally I'm totally nervous right now and I, I you know, who knows who listens to this stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Well, with you and I talking, it's easy. But yeah, I mean, that's why, like, I'm always saying, like, I'm not, I don't know what I believe, but yeah. um, educate me. Like, but I mean, I love everybody. I'm not saying, but I'm also yeah. a thinker and I'm going to think about things, you know? Yeah. Like, as I, I think that I could, okay, if I, if I am feminist and I agree that a woman can be what society would call very masculine, and, and in other words, okay, if I'm a feminist, I can say, well, I don't. I mean, what, what does a feminist mean? But I'm just saying in this, stere in this stereotypical feminist image that I'm describing, yeah. I could not shave my legs and I could not shave my arms and mm. be very female and be powerful, mm. right? Right. But then also with this concept of transgender, if I identify, if I identify as a female, mm. are you still with me so far? Because I'm about yes. to make a point. <laughs> could I not just see, could I not just keep the name Kill and not be exactly as I am now and say, no, but I'm actually female. I identify, my, mm. gen my genitalia doesn't matter. And I don't believe in the gender stereotype of what a female is. I'm just telling you that I am female and I identify as female. I mean, I think right. that with this logic, you could do that, couldn't you? I, I mean, I'd say it seems so. It seems logically sound. Maybe someone will explain that to me. And if, and if that's the case, I'm not saying that that's necessarily wrong, but there's just some things floating around that seem illogical to me. Like, they seem like there seems like there's uh, uh, conflicting ideas. That's what I mean. Yeah. But then, like, how, like, you, your point originally was then how could you? understand what it's like you understand what it's like to be Kel. <laughs> like you, I think, you I think I do. <laughs> no well yeah I mean come on but and you understand what it means to be a white guy from South Carolina you know yeah that lived your life like but so mm -hmm. how would you possibly understand what it's like to be a woman like I don't yeah you know, I, I really that, that's an interesting point I, I don't know how you could without experiencing and I guess that's maybe that's why you because you, you know what it's like to be a transgender mm -hmm. you know I don't Right. <laughs> you know? But uh, and I'm just saying, and, and I think the greater point that I'm making is not even just that. It's how absurd people would stare at me for one thing and probably judge me. Yes. Yeah. And course. probably the same group of people, probably the same group of people who would say that I'm using cultural appropriation and being offensive to black people. If I identify, if I said I was trans race and I was actually a black man and then I had right. just did the most offensive things that you associate with 
the yeah. stereotype of, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Whatever the negative stereotypes of black males are. But then again, just harping on that and then doing the same thing with females. Like that seems that same group of people who would call me a bigot and absurd would protect mm -hmm. my right. If I said that I identify as a woman and then act out the, the stereotype of what a woman is, which is yeah. feminist fight against a lot of times is the stereotype of what a woman is supposed to act like and how she should be. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I, that would be, it would be interesting. And I don't to, know what my point is. These are just, right. for some reason, this is sticking. You know what I mean? This is yeah. like, something's yeah. going on here. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what it is yet, but it seems yeah. important. It, yeah, it does. And like, and it's weird because it's, we've made race into something that is, that's completely separates us that I think some people think race means species on some level, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that you are a different person. Whereas that, I mean, I mean that though, I talked about that map where it talked about skin color and where that comes from. And it was just like the, how close you were to the equator, you know, way back when, uh -huh. and how your, your tribe kind of got pale or got darker or whatever like that. So it's just. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just everything's so complex. And like you said, it just, it doesn't feel safe to talk about or to kind of try and think about or, or get some help in understanding. Mm -hmm. And I guess they're, they're, it's, it's all reactionary, isn't it? Like it's pendulum swinging. Cause I obviously see the super, I guess you would call it right wing. I don't know, but like obviously people would be terrified to be transgender or to be gay or anything like yeah. that in the, in the very staunch traditional culture. So I guess the pendulum swings the other way and it's like, we're not accepting any, um, anything that contradicts this side of it, you know, but that, that in itself is a contradiction. It seems like you have to, the anti to that con super conservative, uh, unaccepting culture is that you have to be willing to talk with people and accept diverse opinions. Even we have to find a way to coexist. That's what it, you know, it's not that yeah. you know, we're going to convert everybody. We've got to find a way to, to be with each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that now that that's just harder and harder, especially because, we have that good old internet, so we just to, to confirm everything we believe in all the time. So, man, that's that's dangerous, isn't it? I just keep seeing more and more videos that I love. <laughs> not giving me anything else. My ego's getting stronger. They're not giving me anything outside of what I'm interested in already. Yeah, never, never. Why would they? Why would they? Um, but yeah, no, I. I mean, it takes so much power to do like willpower. I mean, if you you, you know you talk about your your awakening and like realizing yourself, like that has to be the ultimate. Is like is like really consciously going, okay, I don't agree with something and I'm going to take the time to look at, look at it and kind of digest it and try and get to understand it kind of thing. Mm. Um, so, cause I don't do that. <laughs> like what, give me, so say, if, you, if you see something that you don't agree with and then try to. Well, like, uh, I don't, I don't actively go out to like, you know, like my views on discipline and classroom <laughs> management and uh, yeah. I don't actively go out and read books that tell me to, punish kids and how to write their names on the board and check it off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't read those books, but like that's something like, um, I don't like that. Charles Darwin, like he would always, he said at, at whenever he found someone who disagreed with him, he would go read. So he understood their points better than his kind of thing. So he I would, do, yeah. Yeah. I've tried to practice that, but it's not a natural thing. I mean, not reading whole books, but sometimes I'll just check oh, yeah, yeah. a new yeah. source that I perceive as, uh, you know, biased or yeah, but even I, even I don't do that consistently. I don't know. Like now, every time yeah. I read U.S. media, I'm just like, my God, it's all the same. Even the stuff that's supposed to be central. <laughs> like, like being in Korea, man. Like I, every time I'm reading NPR, I'm like, why are you building this war propaganda? You're doing the exact same thing that every other 
it's like it's absurd like we're it's a box and they they give you this idea i don't know who they are but there's this idea right. that you uh that there's diversity within it and it's like it doesn't matter which sites you go to they're all pumping out this war propaganda yeah i just saw yeah. this like because it's absurd to me they just keep building up this north korea thing worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. and then they had a uh, and i'm saying this because uh, this all happened this week. I saw an article of uh, headlines before Trump made his comments this week, but um, uh, it was right before Trump made his comments. I think it was the day before, so it, may, it must have been Tuesday or Monday, I think. And the mm-hmm. head, the, I'm, I don't remember exactly how the uh, headline went, but it was something very sensationalized to the extent of uh, Kim Val's destruction, something like that, something that strikes terror, huh. right? right? And I yeah. read the article, and there were a lot of positive points in that article. <laughs> <laughs> they said they talked about how in the Philippines, uh, some diplomat from North Korea and South Korea shook hands briefly. And that hasn't happened in a long time. Right? How come that's not the headline? <laughs> yeah. So then, like the next day or the next day, this this is still just before Trump's comments, and another headline says something something like sixty five percent of Americans now perceive North Korea as a major threat. Well, what, that's a fucking do. that's a fucking shock <laughs> since you've just been right. pumping out headlines like this for the past eight months. Who, yeah. who could believe that they see it as a major threat when you keep saying he launched another missile? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it's just so, uh, it's, I don't know if it's purposeful propaganda. I'm not saying, I'm not going to be a conspiracy guy and say that it's all right. part of this, you know, massive complex where they're purposefully doing it. Yeah. But it, it serves as propaganda nonetheless, you know? Well, I think it's just, it's something that we do, you know? It's like, like now it's the news and stuff. they want clicks. You know that you want clicks, so you, you you we have never been interested in happy stuff, ever. Like news and everything, it's always and that's where they, they're talking about the stereotypes come from. It's like we don't get to see good things about people; we get to see bad stuff. And I think um, and so that just warps your view of, of what's happening and, and who is what kind of thing. Um, and so you know, I don't know North Korea at all. Like my only perception of North Korea is through that through the media for my lifetime, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, I have an idea of North Korea in my head, and I've never even been there. I've never even read about it, like you know, a mm-hmm. book uh, about a from a historian or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, which I I didn't read the article. <laughs> what a classic move! I just read the title because <laughs> mm-hmm. I clicked on it, and I was like, oh god, it's like twenty minutes. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was saying how historians usually um, uh, make violence in the past, like like talk about how. Like it, like violent the history of violent like oh God what am I trying to say history wasn't as violent as historians try to say it was kind of. uh-huh. like because they're just trying to I think that's clickbait you know they're just trying to get people interested because we love yeah. things history is one giant war isn't it right that's it that's which, all they're asking like this is like you're just making me realize this but since history is one giant war we perceive the past as that we perceive human nature as that and then we yeah. we believe that and then that determines the future where we're going like that's yeah. crazy. That's that's yeah. deep. That's meta, meta conscious or meta, meta. history or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll find I, I it. I'll send, I'll send you the article if you want, if you have the twenty minutes. So maybe I'll. Never, I saw this graffiti <laughs> years ago in Europe. Like it was a you know, like a stencil. Uh huh. I was in Innsbruck, Austria. I'll never. I remember right. it because it's kind of a university town. And because I, mm-hmm. I actually showed this to students before. Because I and what what you just what we were just saying. I think this is. I think this is what they were saying. But. Um, it said the history of Europe is an illusion of the past. Oh, no, no, okay. sorry, the future. The future of Europe uh, okay. is an illusion of the past. And I, I don't know if that's who knows what that person was saying, but I've always tried to figure out what that meant. And uh-huh. right now, what we just said, yeah, 
Yeah, like history, like the history as in the written supposed mm -hmm. record that goes on is just like media, isn't it? It short shapes our view of what we think happened, and it's certainly probably 5% of a 100% picture, right? <laughs> yes, maybe uh, 5%. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just, it's so... And that's that's I, I've heard before like these theories that your past determines your future, you know, like your or no, the other one I heard was like your future choices determine your past kind of thing. Like that was kind of a parallel universe kind of theory. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, so it is. I mean, but who knows? So like the end has already happened, so we're just leading up to it. Like we've just we're. But yeah, you're in the, But yeah, you're in, the, you're in this present moment, though. You are. I, that's the trick. You know, it's just like you're talking about. It's like you're. Are you awake and are you paying attention and are you kind of uh, in the moment, you know? And how are you choosing to experience life? Like if you have a choice, because some that's, people don't. And that's, I've tried to, like I've had these realizations before, like what you're talking about, like I've tried to understand what they mean by your future can change your past or something, whatever, you, you get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, 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 I can't. But I think, I think I understand it like in a, in a very rational sense, just in the case of, okay, this thing happened to me. Uh -huh. So if I go down this path, this is what it meant to me. But if I go down this path, this is what it meant uh, to me. So I started right. down this one path, but now I've decided I'm not going to go down this path. So actually, right. in the long run, this is actually what it meant to me. So it is kind of, in some, in some way, it is changing your past. Yeah, well, your, de your definition of your past or your understanding yeah. of your past kind of thing. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that's cool. I get that. That seems reasonable. Oh, man. But yeah, I don't know. We're we're in some stuff. <laughs> what do you like? Uh, you mean like politically no, or what? Humans. Mm -hmm. Like I don't. I don't really. I try not to look at news anymore. I really just mm -hmm. try to just get out. I try to. I try to like. I don't. I haven't been on Facebook in ever forever. Yeah. Just because that was. God, I it sucks. It's terrible. If you and I weren't sending messages, I'd be on there very <laughs> seldomly. Like, but I'm kind of yeah. happy because I used to just check it like a hundred times a day. You know, getting that dopamine shot. Uh, I hate it. Exactly. You know. Yeah, and I, I, I would love to talk to somebody who understands that brain chemistry more than I do about like it is interesting, like how our brain has developed that what gives us dopamine. Like broccoli doesn't doesn't cut it, <laughs> right? Bro <laughs> broccoli, broccoli doesn't. <laughs> Broccoli doesn't shoot dopamine in our brain, but a potato oh, chip does. Too bad. You know, like potato chips do, snacks do. Um, so, like, why? Bat, why right? is that? I, I guess, but like, so is that like a so that we are protected in our body? So, like, we want fat those fatty foods so that we are insulated and can protect protect ourselves. So it's kind of like a protection thing, then. Well, I mean, if we're just talking about the diet thing, and I never, I've never associated yeah. the consumption of fat with dopamine. Though I'd say that makes sense. I'd have to fact check that. But what I have understood from some things I've read, again, I'm a, it sounds logical, is that um, fat was such a uh, commodity, like you just didn't uh -huh. get it often. Gotcha. So I guess, you know, I don't know how these mechanisms work, but supposedly mm -hmm. we evolved to crave it because it wasn't actually in great, it wasn't in great abundance. Gotcha. So it was, it was advantageous that we would love it, and when we did find it, we would consume as much of it as possible. Um, right. Because it is, it's an it's an important thing, and it's hard to get it from plants. I mean, you know, like you have like avocados and things like that, which have really high fat content. But other than like meat, uh -huh. it's hard to it's hard to get a lot of fat. I think so. Okay, that makes sense. That's what I've heard. Okay, 
I, 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 I'm, I'm signed on for that. And we were, and, and I guess in that con, in that context, <clears throat> you never could have enough of it for it to be a problem because you didn't. There wasn't yeah. much of yeah, it. Yeah. And now yeah. it's and now so abundant. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's pure heroin. Like dopamine is like mm -hmm. a, it's like a narcotic, isn't it? Like I mean, you can't even. Yeah. Well, you have the same area. It's the same thing that when you do drugs and alcohol, it's the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so important for like the, um, that those 12 to 25 year olds, well, really more earlier, that 12 to kind of 17, mm -hmm. that they don't get into drugs and stuff. Because um, we have that. Have I talked to you about pruning? What your brain does? You have. Let's like, go through it again. Yeah, tell me. Okay. So your brain, uh, you know, elementary school year up and, you know, up until you're 12, 11 ish. <laughs> your brain just um, connects, makes connections. Like all your experiences kind of connect to each other and the connection remains um, no matter what kind of thing. But then when your brain starts going through upgrade, um, it starts to prune. And so what that means is what you don't do, you lose. Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe, maybe you really liked reading up until you were 12. And so you have this really strong reading synapse that's connected mm -hmm. to a bunch of other ones, but then something happens. You just don't read anymore. Well, that, that synapse gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And if you don't do it at all, then it just disappears. And so then mm -hmm. you really struggle. Well, not, I mean, you wouldn't be illiterate, but you, you just wouldn't be a strong reader and like you wouldn't yeah. do that. And that's why it's so hard to be like a, an outstanding athlete or a musician if you don't start that stuff early enough kind of thing mm -hmm. or if you don't really focus your practice during that time frame so if you do drugs because your brain is trying to figure it's so hyperdrived anyway when it comes to dopamine it's like oh awesome let's really do a lot of this stuff and so you really strengthen that drug synapse while destroying all the other ones and so you mm -hmm. lose like years of learning and mm -hmm. so um i wonder i've always wondered like would i have made different choices growing up if you would have told me that I will not be as I don't want to say smart but like intelligent like my brain won't function to its highest level if you drink you know what I mean if you go to yeah. college and drink your ass off like your brain won't function up to its ability I wonder if that would have made any difference to me you know what I mean you yeah until the pretty girl wanted you to take a well, yeah. Yeah, 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 then you would have done it <laughs> <laughs> so true so true so yeah i don't know you know it's really interesting what we do to ourselves so. do you know anything about that by the way about like bench drinking even at like college age kids what do you know anything about the effects of that uh i i mean it's got to do something because your brain's still not set so I, I don't remember if you and i were talking about this or not i hope so so you can correct me because i've lost it now but yeah. i definitely heard it from a podcast that up to like your frontal cortex isn't fully online to like 25 or something 25 yep exactly and that's right in the air you just binge drinking just pouring just stuff yeah in. yeah really bad <laughs> yeah it's a really bad habit to get into <laughs> that's so interesting like things were happening to me when i was like 21 22 and i was having these like what i perceived as like religious experiences uh -huh. and it was probably something just going on like i was probably just getting all these connections like i just feel like almost like enlightened or something. It's hard to explain. I didn't understand what was happening, but it was like, wow, it was like, definitely was like experiencing like I've had more, I don't know, I don't know if I've ever used the word power, but something was going on. I feel uh -huh. like there was a definite change taking place, you know? Huh. So all of the experiences you were having connected in some way that kind of enlightened your brain kind of thing. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, was, trying to under, I, was, I was trying to understand it through the, the avenues that my culture provided. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, was, I saw it as like a real, I didn't know. I didn't know what was happening, but um, yeah. 
yeah, just something happened. I started, I became very interested. Like I didn't read till I was, that's what I was thinking about it when you said the, the reading synapse. I mean, I'm not, obviously I read in school. I mean, I was literate, uh-huh. but I never read a yeah. book until I was like 20, I think. Think about, I mean, uh-huh. that's, that's crazy, isn't it? I went through high school yeah. without ever having read a book. Huh. I'm saying yeah. like, I'm saying started a book and finished a book, you know what I mean? Right, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and of course now as an adult, I read all the time, but I don't, and yeah. That was a, those types of big changes were happening at that age, like mm-hmm. around yeah, 20 or 21. I don't know. Yeah. And I stopped liking alcohol. I don't, I mean, I, I still like to have a beer probably just about every day, but I don't like it in drunk, man. Like, and obviously right. in college, I, well, I'm not going to say at 20 and 21, I still binge drink. <laughs> but I'm saying by the time I was 25, I was like, man, this is just not me. Like, I'm, I, I had a stronger sense of who I wanted to be and what I was. And it just, uh-huh. I didn't need to drink to be cool or, uh, to, tr- to prove my masculinity anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. But like, uh, what's cool though about the brain is like you're saying, it's like just because you do miss out on that stuff, like you don't read in high school, doesn't mean you can't then strengthen it later, you know? So mm-hmm. I wasn't, I was hoping I wasn't communicating that because it just no, means that if you had read through high school, you would be a stronger reader now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there would be that. I mean, that's, that's the self-discipline thing, isn't it? Like, that's why, I, like, I think some people in, uh, would disagree with me, but I have this self-delusional idea that has proven itself true <laughs> over and over that I can, <laughs> I can learn to do just about anything. I think you everybody can. can, personally. Of course. But it's like that synapse yeah. thing. Like, if you haven't done it, yeah, you got to have enough of self-encouragement and maybe external encouragement to, to build it. It's going to be difficult. It's, you've never done it before. You're going to have to build that. Synapse, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought about. A lot of people uh, with like language. I just think some people get so um, embarrassed, maybe, or just yeah. they give up on it and they say, "I'm just not good at languages." And I'm like, "But I don't." I mean, maybe that's true, but I just think everybody could do it if you're willing to put it in. And we're not saying that everyone's going to get to the same level. I've heard people who's like, you know, people from North America who speak of. Had a, I knew a guy there in Colombia who spoke native Spanish. It was incredible. You know, uh-huh. I don't know if that, I don't know if we would all get to that level, but. I think everyone can learn to be fluent and yeah, especially sure. in a language like Spanish, which is pretty similar to ours, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean that, that was, that's been the myth for so long, you know? And like, like you, when you were talking about like, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist here. I don't think there's some person that's like designing things, you know, and like, hoo, 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 like, you know, all this stuff is going to happen unless yeah. it's the computer programmer we talked about last time. If it's them, I get it. Like maybe it is the <laughs> simulation and fine. Like maybe that makes uh, sense. Then. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's all it is. Maybe that's, that's it. Punto. Yeah. Um, but um, that was the myth. The myth was, was that you are only good at one thing and that's what you're going to do. And don't bother trying to learn other stuff. And mm-hmm. And it's really sinister. It was a sinister myth, and um, and it's just not true. There's there's no science that backs up that you can't learn. It takes time. like you said, it's hard. It's hard. It's difficult. It's rigorous. Like you, mm-hmm. but if you put in the time, you will learn something. Like it's there's there's no doubt now. I mean, even you, you if you're been, old, even if you're fifty, you can do it. Like your brain can constantly grow and it can constantly change. Not as much as when you're in your twelve to twenty five. Like that's the mm-hmm. best time of your brain for some things. Um, for strengthening all that stuff, but like, there's there's just no evidence that backs up this idea that we can't learn stuff. But um, like, so like, why was like again? I don't think that was someone came up with that on their own. But like, that was something that society wanted to happen, you know, on some level. Or we just 
I don't know what it is. We just, you know, we have there's so many negative things that that we believe in and, and kind of think are right kind of thing. And I just keep going back. It's like we're just. I would. You're a historian, okay. I don't know if you know this, and I don't know if I've asked you this before, but it's like our present generation, like of adults, are so inept at dealing with our current present. Like we just, we don't have the skills. We don't have the skills to, to look at the internet and understand and, and have that dopamine. And like, we just, we're, we're, I think we're completely lost when it comes to mm-hmm. being able to deal with our present. And I was mm-hmm. wondering if like all the really awful things that we know about in history, which is, that's all history is, right? It's just awful stuff. It's just awful stuff. <laughs> was, did it happen when the, when the current generation was not prepared for their present? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? The like the the terrible wars and things like that, like the calamities. Yeah. Was that was that like just that the level of sophistication that that the present was calling for? Most people just could they didn't have it. They could they didn't have the the skills to to deal with it. Hmm. Perhaps. I mean, that's one thing that it does make me think of is um, I've always remembered. Like I can't say it perfectly. You know, I can give you the gist of it, but um. It was Aldous Huxley, and it was the mm-hmm. preface to his or foreword to um, Brave New World. Okay. And he said, the immediate present is most likely to resemble the immediate past. Okay. And in the immediate past, when societies develop technologies faster than people can adapt to them, mass chaos ensues. Yeah, okay. That kind of reminds me of what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's why the Jordan Peterson to go full circle. Like he, he's saying we live in a time of chaos. So. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually the word he uses, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And he has a book coming out in January, I think, about chaos and like how to survive chaos kind of thing. He's going to lose that publishing deal. Don't worry. They're going to shut him down. <laughs> hey, no, it doesn't matter. Like that, that's one of the, my concerns too, is that you can publish anything. Like you don't have to have a, you can just, you can go through Kindle. Yeah. Like, you don't need anything. Yeah, you just do you have a Kindle at all? No, I like physical books. I'm uh, not opposed to it because, like, now I'm reading. Like, when I'm traveling, I have a book on my iPhone, so I'd rather have a Kindle. Yeah. But, uh, but I, yeah. I do prefer if I if I have the choice, I like to hold a book. You know, I like that. Oh, for sure. I just yeah. I, I gave up because it's like I want to read so much things that yeah. I just I just I have I have no other option. You know, I, I yeah. really don't. Yeah. Um, but like the books that pop up because they advertise stuff, it's just like. <laughs> It's just there's some people are reading some really bad stuff. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I don't mean to be too judgy, but like, yeah, yeah. good lord! Like you get these descriptors, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> it's just it's. Have you ever heard that term, intellectual obesity? Have you ever heard of that before? No, but I think I understand it immediately. Yeah, it's just that we choose crap over challenging stuff, like hands down. Like we, mm-hmm. it, it's really hard for us to challenge ourselves. Because mm-hmm. you know it's been a long day of work, and why about you know I'm just gonna tune out. I'm just gonna watch some. I could watch the really powerful documentary on this that will make me change my life for five minutes, or mm-hmm. you know I'll watch this stupid you know movie. So I'm just gonna watch the stupid movie. Yeah. So you know. Here, here's something else I thought about too, like um, <laughs> kind of talking about what you're talking about with the building the synapses. Yeah. Synapses is what it's called, right? The building the, the synapses. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Every time. Whatever it happens to be, maybe for you, it's uh, I wanted to watch the intellectual documentary, but instead I just 
watched um, was something terrible to you. I don't know, something that just wasn't that you, something that you yourself don't perceive as beneficial to you, but you right. do it anyway. Yeah. Let's not name anything. Yeah, let's not. Right there, you go. <laughs> let's give let's just give a soft example. <laughs> yeah. There's an apple. I should eat the apple, but I'm gonna eat the bag of chips because it's so it rewarding to me. There. Okay. But yet every time, and this is what we're saying about learning as well, like whether it's a language or an instrument, whatever it happens to be. Mm. Um, every time I choose the apple, I'm actually strengthening that synapse discipline. You are. You are. It's just so fucking rewarding to eat those chips. So it is. God, at least, at least in, like we, we don't have any delayed gratification, right? Like we're just so pro we're, like we're so. Con I don't know. Again, I'm not saying like there's a guy doing it, but we yeah. as a society have become very conditioned to. Um, or maybe that's just the story of humanity. I don't know. We're very right. conditioned for the for the uh, instant gratification. You know. Yeah. No. I, yeah. No. It's it's just easier now, right? It's easier to instantly gratify ourselves than it's ever been, kind of thing. I would imagine for most mm -hmm. of us, for most people, obviously not all. Um, and before I, I gotta go soon, but um, yeah, I, I have a. I don't. It's so weird. I don't have a really Spanish teacher, but I meet this guy like once a week to talk in Spanish for like two hours. So it's basically yeah. I'm paying someone to be my friend. You know, it's just really weird. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's a weird thing. But anyway, uh, his wife is into advertising, and they're going to some conference about neural advertising. And I was it's like, terrifying. that sounds terrifying. I was yeah. like, that is. I was like, that, I'm. I, I'm out. Like I. <laughs> So that's not you shouldn't be able to do that like I, i'm obviously just judging like what that is and drawing my own conclusion no, that, that but that's your, i'm gonna be radical now that's your fucking <laughs> intuition that's your spirit of humanity saying this is fucking crazy is. we yeah. are insane you understand you know what i mean like yeah. we are yeah. losing it man like i've, I've got to i'm gonna send you this clip i mean i know we send each other okay. stuff it's hard to get everything if yeah. you have time to watch it i think you'll really dig it i mean if you get five right, minutes cool. in and you don't dig it cut it off dude but yeah. all right cool God. have you ever seen um have you seen that kids movie? Uh, oh, it's a Pixar. It's about the little robot alien. Gosh darn it! Oh, this is embarrassing. Anyway, it's it's about the future, and humanity winds up being asleep, and they are all these fat people riding around in um, automated cars, kind of like beds, with a screen in their face. Hmm. And just and drinking like these awful sugar drinks, like and that was what they lived off of. It was, it's God. What was the name of that uh, movie? It's the robot's name. Anyway, Wally. -E. There we go, Wally. -E. Okay, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. The kids' movie, but very, and that was came out years ago. So I was like, man, because that looks that looks accurate. <laughs> these <laughs> kids' movies so, are. There's some deep. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That makes me want to watch yeah. it actually. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know you got to go, but I, I didn't want to just like uh, just connect with you on that one thing that you said. I remember yes. sitting in my buddy's apartment because now I've got a MacBook and YouTube and it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me because, <laughs> yeah. because I was so proud of myself. I liked, you know, I liked when I was like in my mid-20s, I had gotten rid of my TV, which my intuition had told me to do for years because I was like, you're never yeah. going to get anything done if you don't get rid of this TV, man. And now yeah. I've got like yeah. a super TV. But anyway, yeah. um, not literally, I'm saying this MacBook. But uh, yes. um so anyway, I, I didn't have a TV when I was living in Charleston, and I would go to my buddy's house every now and then to watch a program. Uh -huh. And I just had this realization because they got they had a big, nice uh, flat screen, you know, it was really fancy for that time, and they had surround sound and all that. And I was like, wow, I was just trying to I was just trying to think, what are we doing unconsciously with all yeah. this? And it's like, you know, kind of talking about that Wally thing where they're in their bed. 
before long, we're not like we want it to be more. We want it to be so clear it looks like real life, and we want it to sound so real that it's like real life, and we're eventually going to want to feel it like we're actually yeah. there, yeah. part of it. We're yeah. trying to create a complete. I don't know that we're doing this consciously, but we're trying to uh, to create a complete false or virtual reality. You know. Yep. Yeah. And 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 then I don't know, just me being idealistic and fired up as I was, I was like, but. <laughs> We can do that. That, that, that that we're trying to do, we can do it by cutting off the TV and going out and life is waiting for you. It's right there. Go do it. The thing yep. that you're imagining, you can do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's 100% right. And now our stuff looks better than reality. It's just, it's horrifying. <laughs> like like, the, like the, picture, the pictures I can take on my phone are ridiculous. I, I take a phone, I'm like, wow, that's the greatest picture I've ever seen in my life. Like, that, that's not, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> no, there's not even a, there's not even a skill in it now, is it? You can just hit a button. No, like, you know? like I was I was next door and took this really dramatic black and white, and it was like it was great. It was just had a it had a like a like a barbed wire fence, and then it, it was like this sign in Spanish saying you know passing was forbidden, but like there was the mountains and the sky, but it was all black and white. It looked like a, it was awesome. Yeah, but I was like this is ridiculous. I was like this is Sunday. I'm just out here screwing around. Like, just, uh-huh. And considering myself Ansel Adams. Yeah. So thanks. <laughs> thanks, for that. thanks for that life. All right. Um, hopefully you enjoyed the show. Thank you for spending an hour with us. Uh, we hope you gleaned something uh, tangible to hold on to. Um, a reminder that we have the newsletter that we're going to come out with the three recommendations and a video on research. And you can find that over at uh, ideafarm.education. And I think next show we may actually have uh, a topic to stick to, uh, the idea of what we think might be uh, compulsory or compulsory. Uh, I'll have to figure out how to say that word. Well, uh, until then, 